What was he going to do? Beat I, you up? I actually think it is the Cork accent. I'm not going to lie. I, like, there is something about the Cork accent that makes it the most intimidating accent, accent of the 32 counties in Ireland, I think. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. I'm delighted to say it joins us on the line now, football writer Daniel Harris. Good morning, Daniel. Hello. Uh, Manchester Derby this weekend, and we were inspired so much by your um, piece in The Guardian during the week about Eric Ten Hag's strange charisma uh, that we've had a conversation about it uh, a little bit earlier on. Um, I have to say, in relation to Ten Hag, he's doing obviously a knockout job in so many ways, but uh, if he has charisma, it must only be second to his uh, powers to disguise it. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, strange charisma, I don't think was a phrase that I used. I think that was a phrase that the subs who wrote the headline used. But I think what I was trying to say was because with some, with some managers, their charisma just absolutely jumps through the screen at you. Like, you don't have to watch Alex Ferguson on television for very long to think, oh, I get it. And same serve Jurgen Klopp. But if you look at the managers who are at the top end of the Premier League, Guardiola, what Guardiola has is the charisma of achievement, really, that players know that if they sign for him, they're going to win stuff and he's going to make them better players because the proof is right there. And though... He's only ever had the best players available. That continues to be the case. But if you sign for City, it's not so much, I don't think, the charisma of Guardiola as a person. Like, you don't, from what we hear, his pastoral care is not that great. He's not probably someone that the players want to hang out with either. But you know that he's going to be good. And then, whereas you look at someone like Mikel Arteta, who has absolutely no apparent charisma, but what he has is the players want to play for him because a lot of them are grateful to him that... He gave them their chance. And so when that happens, the players will run through brick walls to you. And I think that's one of the things we're seeing with Arsenal now. And I guess also once you start to see the football ideas working, that also helps. But specifically about Ten Hag, I think that he is... The players do think he looks after them well, I think, the players that have played for him before. And he's got a certain amount of intensity, which isn't exactly the same as charisma, because charisma feels more like presence, but... He's got something that enables the players to believe in what he says and something that enables him to take them with him. And I guess, as I wrote in the piece, is also the fact that various of them are grateful to him for giving them a chance at Ajax, bringing them to United, improving their circumstances, improving their family's circumstances. And yeah, it's working at the moment, but obviously it's been four good games, so we'll have to see what happens subsequent to that. What's the, uh, outside of the outcome, the obvious uh, answer to this, what's the dream scenario for United this weekend that, you know, in terms of players stepping up to play, play to their potential, like uh, Pep overthinking it, what's the, uh, how do you get to the ideal outcome this weekend? I think, the, you, want, you want to see United be competitive. And that sounds like an absolutely appalling thing to say before a derby. But the, like, the last couple weren't competitive. City won and could have won by more. And you want to see progress with United. City are obviously the finished article as a team, more or less. They signed as the finishing touch, the, a ridiculous finishing touch, the fairy on the top of the tree, or whatever you want to call it, uh, in the summer. So you want to see United able to compete with that, able to, able to be brave so that they're not spooked and constantly sitting off and just allowing City to dictate. Any Guardiola team, you know that you're not going to have probably more than 40% possession uh, on, on a good day. So what that means is you have to be very, very good at the back and very, very good up front because you're not going to have, with 30% possession or whatever it is you're going to have, half of that's going to be with your goalkeeper and with your back four. 
So you're then really feeding off scraps for your ability to create chances and to, and to score goals. So what you I want to see from United, I guess, is we've seen Alessandro uh, Martinez has defended uh, Erling Haaland really well in the Champions League when Dortmund played Ajax last season. And he's going to have to do that again. And you want to see United defending with the kind of aggression that we've seen over the last few games. Last season, Varane was much too eager to sit off and basically allow the carnage around him to develop in that he himself didn't play that badly that often. But you would expect when you sign a player that good, that the way that he's going to play is going to elevate the rest of the players around him. And that was patently not the case. But this season, Ten Hag has been talking about Varane being a leader and Martinez plays like that too. So as a partnership, they're starting to be a bit more aggressive and put themselves in a position to, to dominate forward lines. Now, they're not going to do that to Manchester City, but what they might be able to do is they might be able to keep City out for long enough to create enough decent chances for themselves. And one of the things, like one of the questions Ten Hag probably has to answer for himself is what he's going to do in his midfield. Because on the one hand, if you pick the midfield you've been picking, which is McTominay, Ericsson and Bruno, those guys are, Bruno, Bruno in particular, but also Ericsson a little bit, they're quite high-risk players. That They're always looking to gamble to try and make something happen. But against City, you do that, you don't see the ball for a little while. So it's possible that he might decide, particularly if Rashford's not fit, that they only play two strikers and chuck another midfield in there, say Casemiro. But at the same time, it feels like he's got his principles about how he wants the team to play. And he didn't deviate from them against Liverpool in a game where United were really in trouble. So I think that he'll probably do that again this week, this weekend. And what he'll hope is that United will defend well enough, they'll defend the box really well, which they've been doing recently, admittedly against inferior teams to City. But they'll defend the box well, and then the players that they have in possession will give them enough possession so that they can make things happen in City's box. And as we know, City are a brilliant team, but their defence is not that good. It's just very hard to get at them. Yeah, going into a derby game, it's funny because it feels different to how you're going to set up. So do you go toe-to-toe with them or do you catch them on the counter? But then it's a derby game. Can you sit deep and, and hope to catch them on the counter or is it about going toe-to-toe? What way do you think they will set up, Daniel? United have been defending quite deep against teams against, against the worst teams in City. So I, don't, I, won't expect, I wouldn't expect the line to suddenly be on the halfway line because the thing about defending that way is they're better, they're better positioned to do it than they were with Maguire and Lindelof because uh, Varane and Martinez both got recovery pace. But if you've got a goalkeeper who's stuck to his line, that makes it much harder to leave so much space in between, in behind, and you can't really have space in behind if there's not going to be pressure on the ball. And pressure on the ball against City is also a pretty hard thing to do because they move it so well. So I would expect United to sit fairly deep because that's what they've been doing. And I would also expect them to... I don't think we'll be seeing too much passing out from the back either because City defend from the front so well. I think De Gea and, and obviously De Gea doesn't have feet really. So I expect United will whack it long and go from there. But once you see them in possession, I definitely expect them to be brave in possession because... That's how Christian Eriksen and Bruno Fernandes play. And I think what they'll be looking to do is they'll be looking to play Jaden Sancho probably quite narrow so that he can get involved in the play as well. Because if you have that kind of player, he's not someone really that benefits from being stuck out on the touchline. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the other side, I think you'll probably see Anthony keep the width because the way that he likes to play is he likes to start wide and then, and then move inside and co- contribute to the way that United can build the play and try and get a hold of things in midfield. But... With City, again, it's 
getting out against them is difficult and getting a ball from them is difficult. So in order to beat them, you have to defend the box really well and you have to take your chances. And United haven't really been a team that is deadly in front of goal or ruthless at the back either in, for many years, even when they were winning games under Ole. They sort of made hard work of so many of them. So I don't think that they're suddenly going to come and just dispatch City. But I do think they're good enough now to compete against anyone on a one-off if they happen to turn up. Uh, we might touch on the forward options in a second in terms of what they're left with uh, on options there. You touched on um, the Casimiro question a little bit earlier on and I was interested to listen to Paul Scholes in the overlap during the week talking about Ten Hag and that you know he hadn't too much to do with his signing and there was a rush laid on in the window. Um, I was left kind of thinking, who cares? Like They're left with this unbelievable uh, player of unbelievable quality and it feels it's only a matter of time before he, like, you can't leave a player of that quality on the bench all the time. What is the What do you think is Ten Hag? Like, I, I, I say that despite McTominay's form obviously what is Ten Hag's thinking on it and when when is uh, Casemiro eventually going to get into this uh, starting the team well yeah you do kind of wonder if I mean Ten, what Ten Hag has said is that Casemiro came late so he doesn't understand what's expected of him yet but we do also know that he wasn't really the kind of player Ten Hag wanted I mean Casemiro is a brilliant player so he's an excellent second choice but he's not the same as Frankie de Jong, which is what, which is what uh, Ten Hag wanted. So I guess it is possible that Ten Hag didn't really want him and had to settle for him. But he didn't look that fit in the game that he started against, um, against Sociedad. So that might be one reason he hasn't started yet. I mean, I don't think anyone thought that we would get to this point of the season after United signed Casemiro and he wouldn't just be playing every yeah. game now. But I think part of it is... Tomino's been playing well and the system has been working fairly well so it kind of sends a message I suppose that it doesn't matter who you are that if you're not if, if a person who takes your place is playing well you're not getting into the team and I guess that gives him some kind of moral authority with the rest of the team so that it doesn't look bad so much that say Maguire's not playing because Maguire got dropped the person that came in played well and Maguire's not back in the team now so I can see why he's not included Casemiro but at some point he's going to have to. But the question is whether he waits until McTominay starts playing badly. But what if he doesn't? Or he just drops McTominay even though he's playing well. I don't, I don't think that it will be Casemiro at the weekend. But um, at some point he will have to play. But I don't, yeah. I think that what Casemiro has also done quite well is he's helped them see out a couple of games quite nicely. And again, that, that isn't why he was signed. But it is a particular skill, someone who can come in, take the ball and play with authority when everyone else is tired. So he does, he has been useful in that aspect against Southampton and Leicester where he looked more like the player that we thought he was. But then the Sociedad game came after that and he looked dreadful in that one. So, uh, I guess, I guess Ten Hag will decide. But yeah, I don't think it'll be Sunday. Yeah, no, it feels he's getting fitter and he played well for Brazil as well in the international break. But yeah, it seems like he might he might hold off. There's a lot of games to come in October. So yeah, it seems you don't want to upset that in there. But on a City point of view, then how do you stop Haaland? Like, is it the stopping the supply to him? Because the funny thing about it is he doesn't actually get that many touches throughout the game. It, it's just those few touches a game, but they always end with those magic touches that end up in a goal. But it's like six or seven a game. Yeah, there are certain things, there are certain players that do certain things and when they do them, you can't really stop them. The goal, the winning goal that he scored against Dortmund, you could sit there as, as a defender and, and, or, and look at it and think, well, what could the defenders have done better? And the answer is not that much. But what you have to do against Haaland, I think, is, as you say, you have to be aggressive. 
because he his, his movement's so good that if you just let him get on with it, he'll score. So it's more about being the way that Martinez defends is that he's always looking to get in front of the striker, looking to get looking to get the first touch on the ball when the ball comes in. Now, as you say, Harden often does, isn't even looking to do that. He's looking to get the final touch. And that makes him much harder to defend in a way because that final touch is always going to be inside the box. So if you mistime the tackle, it's a penalty. And the way that uh, Martinez and Malassia defend wouldn't be that surprising if something like that happened where they nipped in and conceded the penalty. But both of them like to defend on the front foot and both of them like to, are brave in the way that they defend and proactive. So you would always, I guess, encourage that. And that's the kind of defending you want to see. But as you said earlier, like one of the ways is you're trying to stop the service. You're trying to stop the ball getting to Harland. And the way that you do that is often by, by, defending, by defending quite deep and by trying to stop crosses from coming in. I mean, I think the thing with City now is that they don't really have any wingers. And that means that the back four, your back four can be quite narrow. Because if Mahrez, if Mahrez, if Mahrez is saying, and staying on the right-hand side, then if you're forcing him to go on the outside... He's not dangerous there because he's, got no, he's not going to cross it with his right foot and also he's not got pace to beat someone on the outside. And presumably, I guess it would be Foden on the left. And Foden obviously does have that ability to skirt around the outside at speed, but he's not really a winner. He's not really what he wants to do. Foden's player is really looking to score goals, looking to get into the box. And I think that that means that you're looking much more to defend narrow so that the wingers, the wingers have to stay wide and then you need your probably your wide, your wide attackers to look after the fullbacks because they're quite a significant part of the danger at that point because they might, it might be them in the end who are tossing the balls in for Haaland but I think if you need space in behind then you've got to assume that once or twice a game Haaland is going to get in so my guess is United try and restrict that space and try and as I said defend narrow to stop, to stop, the, wide, stop the wide attackers coming in field and um, yeah, then try and look after the fullbacks. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out uh, over the weekend. Daniel, thanks a million. Cheers, lads. Have a good weekend, everyone. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 